Hello and welcome to the award-winning podcast, Let's what? Talk Autism. Oh yeah! <laughs> what? I'm Michelle Davy, award-winning again. podcaster, and here is my award-winning co-host, Christelle. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Did you like that intro today, Christelle? Loved it. I mean, it really suits us. <laughs> <laughs> I am still not over it. Are you? I don't think I'll ever be over it. No, I'm still, I feel like I'm still in the little dream. I know, so. it's so strange. Do you know that because we had such a good night, I think, and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hazy there at the end there, Christelle. But when I think back, like when I, you know, when I always remember that morning, we, me and you were down, we was having a cup of coffee. And we were kind of like talking about all these things in the hotel after we was talking about all, all these funny things and conversations we was having and yeah. just, just the down low of the night, weren't we? And then like, I was, just down. Like, I was just like, we keep forgetting something. We won. <laughs> like, it is. Yeah. I think it's, uh, how, how can I say it's not easy to forget, but it's easy to forget because we really wasn't expected to win. No, we really <laughs> did nice. not. <laughs> it's a very nice feeling that we did win, but we really was not expecting it. Yeah. So we are just so grateful and thankful to everyone. First of all, whoever nominated us, thank you. And yeah. also to everyone who voted for us. Oh my gosh, you guys are like so amazing. If I could share that award with you, I would do, but Michelle licked that I have award it. on that night for like she licked I did it lick the award a lot. I don't know why. I don't know I why. It- yeah, I don't know why, but she was just so happy to win the award. I think she just wanted to mark her territory that this is ours. Even I was like a dog. She had like a dog pees up stuff. I thought if I yeah. lick it, nobody's going to want it. So that'll be mine. Yeah. yeah, very. Yeah, we understand. That was yeah. my plan. But also, yeah. Christelle, I think well, who we need to thank as well is actually all of the guests, every single guest. Yeah. I reckon we've had like nearly 100 guests on this show now. And every single one of you I want to thank because actually okay I know we we do our snippets of Egyptness me and you at the start of these <laughs> podcasts and my husband would say <laughs> but we're not the ones laying our hearts on the lines we're not the ones telling our stories every single week and well, actually sometimes yes that's what I say <laughs> it's just snippets for me and you but actually those guests that come on every single week and and tell us and while we interrogate them under scrutiny then yeah. tell us their stories uh both parents of autistic children um all of the autistic guests we've had on all the people with additional needs and the professionals thank you thank you so much because this podcast really is down to you and my fantastic editing and sourcing of guests and my promotional and side of it. Her co-host, Chris, uh, Chris, oh yeah, so he does yeah. everything um, else basically. And Christelle, who turns up late, and me, me chasing Christelle to make sure she's in time. <laughs> you wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. I would not like to be sat here waiting for anybody else apart from you, Christelle. Let's put it that exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, we are so thankful to everyone who's come on. You guys are fantastic and thank you for your support. And, you know, we're just one big happy community, aren't we? We really are. And today, Christelle, super exciting because we have got a special Olympian on the show. Oh, my God, we've got the Olympians on now as well. We are really (laughs) enough on the world, aren't we? We are. So we've got... places. Uh, Phil and Holly. Um. Now's the time, guys. <clears throat> Now's the time to have us on that sofa. 
yeah, with our world. You're not allowed to touch it because I've licked it. And, yes. you know, coronavirus and all of that. But still, no, I'm not disinfecting it because I don't know one can touch it. Um, yes, Phil and Holly, if you're listening, know you're a big fan of the podcast. Now is the yes. time. But back to Alice Williams. Alice Williams is coming on today. She is going to be talking to us about moving from a mainstream school to a specialist school when she got to secondary school age. She's going to be telling us all about that and life as an autistic woman. Let's get yes. Alice on. Come on, Alice. Award winning. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm Michelle Davey and this is my co-host. Hi everyone, it's Christelle. Hiya Christelle. Hi Mish, how are you? Very, very good. I'm super excited Christelle because it's the third episode on our special schooling. No, no grain chill. We're not allowed any grain chill singing this week. Thank you Christelle. Okay, no grain chill. No, and we are joined by the fabulous Alice Willans. Hello, Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi. Alice, thank you so much for coming on the speaking test today. Tell me, just not not me, I'm I'm taking it all for myself here. I'm taking the whole, the limelight here. Tell me, Christelle, and everybody else listening to us, all the millions, (laughs) no pressure, why you reached out to us today for today's show. Because, um, yeah, I heard you you talk about autism pacific and like um schools and that's something i'm quite passionate about because i went to a um mainstream school and then a um specialist school and that's what i want to talk about so alice when were you first diagnosed i was diagnosed with autism so first like yeah quite young age for a girl so first like around like so like around the age of um three years old I was first mm. diagnosed with not autumn but global developmental delay. Um, delay yeah and then my mum was pretty sure because she was a um, teacher and so she was pretty sure it was autumn but because I was a girl they weren't sure I think around three I was first assessed but I didn't hit all the um things or or something properly diagnosed when I was um seven after like being assessed like sort of being assessed over a three-year period okay and so did you did you was you aware what autism was at that point Alice or did that come a little bit later no not really yeah I'd say yeah when I was younger I'd say my understanding probably wasn't that great and I was sort of in my world so my mum waited till um till like what was the right time for me so was that when you were sort of more teenage years so I went to a mainstream infant school then a mainstream um primary school and at that point I became quite aware like in year three because I've like learned difficulties as well I was struggling like academically and sort of I was friends with these girls but I was sort of more branching but I was just aware I found everything difficult and then I think my mum told me and I was quite sort of um I don't I didn't look to it much then but it was sort of something that yeah I thought mm, yeah this makes sense but then yeah for me through education stuff it was quite a battle especially for my mum because um, I didn't get it was a statement in those days but now the um, EHCP I didn't get that until um, I was in year six what me and my mum both agreed what was far too late and so like so like, yeah, my I was trying to get it. Well, yeah, my primary school, that's to say, yeah, it was an awful school. And um, and like, so basically I was in end of year five and my mum was going to um, tribunal 
And then the school pulled out the last minute, what my mum said she's heard a lot of them do. So, and then I got a statement in um, when I was in year six and they decided, but I think they were looking at it because I'm a girl with autism. I think they were looking at it as, oh, you should stay in a um, mainstream. So they were mm. like, because I'd got that far, obviously no support because because I didn't have any behaviour, because I quite like, even but I did have friends all learn, I quite liked the structure of school and the rules. And like, even like I was just sort of more the child who was sort of asleep. I wasn't causing any behaviour difficulties. So like mm. the school weren't really like it, wasn't really bothering them so how did you form friendships with you know your peers was it quite easy to do or did you find that quite challenging yes well to be honest so I sort of had this friend who lived near me from year four I didn't have any friends like I didn't go to pods or any of that so I ended up going to a mainstream stream school because um on my statement it was decided my mum worked at a, a special needs school the one I ended up going to and I think it's because the professionals we left it to them but they didn't have understand they said we think you should uh, try mainstream first so we chose the school what was better than the one near us what we thought would be the best and I um so I went there and I had a bit of an LSA in year six what I didn't really like because I was always used to just being on my own and left to my own devices so that was a big um chain. Yeah, then I went to a major sex school and I did an LSA with me pretty much. Well, first it wasn't in all the lessons, but then they decided all of them. So I had one with me all the time. And I'd say, then I had no friends. I couldn't learn. Like, it was a very supportive school. It's a very good school. My sister went there, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, not that I was able to verbalise anything at that time, but I came quite frustrated because like, I was always taking it out of the LSAs. And I was there for two years and they felt, oh, this LSA doesn't quite work. I ended up going through like five LSAs. <laughs> and, like, I was going kept... to ask, sorry, Ali, how did that affect your mental health? Because you said that by a form, you didn't really have any friends. So was that quite a lonely journey for you? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'd say I was quite a lonely child. Yeah, because looking back from the pictures, I was always very happy and stuff. But I think what helped me is I had less of an understanding then I now I very high understanding of my needs but I say yeah I would say a lot of frustration and yeah like obviously yeah I want to have friends and that's why they're going to a special school for me just it was a complete I say it was the make of me because it really was and that's why I'm so passionate about raising awareness of special schools because people have such fixed ideas of what they are and now I do a lot of research and there's so many types and I was lucky that in the town I live there's this that the school I went to is a land school what's learning an additional need so everyone had mild learning difficulties and then like not necessarily autism it was like autism or ADHD or speech and languages but now my school is like the main school in the area for mild learning difficulties that takes autism so it was like one in three are autistic so it's pretty much mainly everyone so I moved there so in year eight because my mum worked at this school in year um, eight I started going there in the afternoons and stuff and I just thought it was brilliant because we did cycling and stuff then I joined properly in year nine and it was just like my class from before wouldn't have recognised me because I was always with an LSA just wondering a round not doing the work trying to be silly to get attention when I'm not silly I'm quite a serious person and like learning but I think I just did it because yeah like I did so then yeah I moved to this school and um I made some really good friends who I'm still friends with now it just okay. clicked and I didn't feel different like I walk um down the hallway and 
everybody, I think that's what's so strong because people say, oh, we should keep people in mainstream, especially people with mild needs or less severe autism. But actually, I really don't agree with that because, because like at major, I felt so different. I was the bottom of everyone and no friends with a member of staff all the time. I wasn't learning, I wasn't thriving. When I moved to this school, I was in school council. I was attending clubs like Lego Club because Lego is a massive hobby of mine. And no one cared. Like we all talked about our hobbies. We all, because we had like, there was not that I'd ever been bullied. I was lucky, but there was no bullying. It was everybody respected everyone because everyone struggled. Like spelling, because we all struggled with spades, we'd wear cycling helmets, our chit chat. We got to do cycling. It was small classes lots of structure, routine. And the last three years of school was just brilliant for me because I just felt like a normal school pupil, really. Oh, that's so lovely to hear, Alice. It really is. Isn't that so positive, Christelle? Because I know we've had so many different episodes, but I could just tell how much you loved your school from how you're speaking. And that that really makes me happy. And I, I will ask something is that you mentioned that when you was at mainstream school and you had like all these different um, LSAs, you know, like, so one-to-ones or something we can call them. What was your feelings on that? Like you said that it kind of made you feel singled out a little bit, like as if you weren't part, I suppose, part of the rest of the class. Like what's your sort of views on that? Yeah, like I, I appreciated that I needed that. But I think it was hard because I just wanted to be the same as everybody else. Like when they tried to take me out, like for maths, for example, they found out that maths was, teacher didn't have a very good understanding of autism stuff. But basically she said, I need, they found out that I couldn't cope at that level to leave the maths class and do it by And anything like that, oh, Alice, it's getting noisy and stuff. That's leave the class. I was insistent I'd always stay. And I would say, so I was like, so because the other classmates laughed as well, I'd say stupid stuff like stop stalking me and stuff because that would get a big reaction. But like, um, because that was funny because they're like, Alice, why does this, because some kids would come up to me and say, Alice, why does this person always follow you? And obviously I sort of knew it was because I know difficulties, but I'd say, I don't know, they just seem to be following me. <laughs> and um, and um, But then like, so now my opinion is, because then obviously I went to a school where obviously we just had one LSA and no one had LSAs because it just because the bit my school did feel like a bit like a primary school for secondary age pupils but I didn't care we were doing year four work how we did entry level exams because in a major school I wouldn't have been able to sit GCSEs and a lot of people I've come across now at college come out with absolutely nothing I didn't come out with GCSEs but I came out with lots of entry two and entry three qualifications well could I be get I had something to show for it not just oh I failed my GCSE. So I'd say now at college, now I moved on to college, and I heard you talk about this in one of your last episodes, and I think that's the real area now, because the one thing, there's loads of good special schools, but it's getting people there. And then the other thing with colleges and that is it's a massive battle, and now I actually really want the LSAs, because now I'm much older, I'm 22, and I got a very good understanding. Now I'm just at college, because I want to learn and achieve the qualifications I know I can achieve. But when you get higher up at college, they're very anti any support from LSAs. Yeah. And, that, and now I like an LSA with me all the time because I don't care what people think. And they oh. help me learn. And actually, I get on with the LSAs better now I'm older and it's the right level. But I noticed now at college, it's a lot more harder because when you're at second school, you have your hours. And like I had hours where I did an LSA with me all the time. But college, it seems to be more on the college. Like they just put, oh, you're a Heidi's learner. But you have to really go back and... Um, 
battle because in the annual view they say oh yeah that's fine but then they won't give you one yeah Mm. you've noticed that gap yeah you've noticed that gap as well like we were talking to connell last week he said yeah there's a big gap yes because he had a very similar experience to me what i heard how he it sounds like his school was similar to how then like um like i went from college to my school i went to a the supported learning department of the college first for two years as well um so like because first I was because at my when I joined my school I was never really aware of my needs but then when I joined my special school like a lot of my friends weren't aware like a lot of my friends some of them didn't even really know they had autism because they'd been in it their whole long time but I was and I was very much seeing as college as going back into mainstream so I really didn't want to go to college I was desperate to stay at school so in the end apart from kids with more the severe needs at my school normally about four would stay in specialist education so with me because I started to really struggle with high anxiety and all that stuff they my school decided they applied for me to go to my school didn't have a sixth form was but they applied me this another specialist school to go to their um sixth form so I got a place there you had to go through panel like the same went to the two like introduction days we had in the summer holidays and the two others who were going from my school had quite high needs it was like a learning difficulties six form especially for speech and language needs but like I had done mainly entry two and some entry three qualifications and most of the students I noticed were working till like entry three I thought no I need to push myself all my friends at school going to college so I went to the college my mum felt was best and it was very good but I would say for me it was very much a morning process for those first two years I was very unhappy I because I was very aware of all the mainstream pupils and I found that really difficult because at my school we had 20 in a year group and the year 10s and 11s were mixed together, the year 9s and 10s. So I had friends from below and above and normally about 8 or 9 or 10 in the class. So I was used to be surrounded by loads of people. But at this college, I was in an entry level like vocational studies group and there was only seven of us and I was only around those seven people the whole time. Two I already know from my school. It was very, very isolating. Also, Alice, I want to ask you, obviously you went to sixth form college like me, Sean and I, and I understand that you are also into sports. Yes. So are you part of the Special Olympics? Yes. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that place? Yes, brilliant. I heard about it, like from my school, I heard some of them did ski and went on a ski trip, but I went, I'd been skiing twice with, no, three times with my dad and um, um, sister when, um, and, um, when I was much younger. And I really, um, like, normally I picked things up slowly, but I picked it up quite well, enjoyed it. Even, but it was quite funny and ski was great. Even but when I was 11, I ended up with all these five-year-olds and I was towering above. But, <laughs> but, um, but um, I did that. and really I think liked... I'd still be with the five-year-olds if uh, I went skiing, yeah. Alice. I am useless when I went. I, my mum thought I was going to end up with a broken back. Did, did you keep falling over? I have got the worst coordination. Christelle and I have spoke about this quite a few times. I've always been like it. I just can't. I, I fell over. How many times at school, Chris? I knocked myself unconscious at school. I was terrible. So, yeah, no, skiing and me would not be a good mix. Well, because my balance and stuff is awful but yeah I picked up so then at my college I because yeah because like when I left school like at school all my friends everything was there and I felt like I'd lost everything apart from like my family and I was like dude no 
and tipsies. And then I came across Special Olympics and it was really a big turnaround because because what Special Olympics gives is it gives that structure in sports because I hated social groups and stuff like that and youth groups. For me, the structure, and I've always enjoyed sports. I played disability football from the age of 12 and I still do that now on a Saturday morning, what's really good. But Special Olympics gave me that chance because I'm very competitive. So basically, I joined, I heard about this local older shot skiing for the disabled. And I heard some people at my old college did that. And they went on ski trips. So I thought I'd try that. And I went on the site youth guides and I loved it. And I got two sessions straight back up to my level. And then they said, do you want to join this Special Olympics race team? And I thought, I've never heard that for something ski racing. I was like, yeah. And then I joined it and it was brilliant. Like a group of us, we train once a month. I think we should train every week, but we train once a month with the other group on the slalom course. And then they said, oh yeah, we have these competitions. So I went to, before lockdown, my first two in the summer, like I went to um, dry slope ones. Yeah, they were um, really um, good. And I was in the intermediate category. So what's really good about Special Olympics is they're so inclusive because basically to be in the Special Olympics, it's everybody is a, learning difficulties but uh, what's really good about it is they you could be a novice you can be in an intermediate or an advanced so I'm an intermediate at the moment and so my first race I on my slope on dry slope I got um I came third and then I came um fifth and I just thought that was what first I got I thought that was just awesome the races like it was great and then they said about the nationals so then just before lockdown we were very lucky we had the nationals in Switzerland the special and they make it like a proper competition and um it's the first time I'd done something like that my mum came with me but she stayed in a separate hotel because they keep it all very separate so the only parents who stay in the hotel are the ones who are volunteering to be carers and my mum volunteered on the slope team um yeah so first time I'd done anything like that and, my, oh. and all from teams around so in Essex mine what was Surrey you had Brentwood and Essex any from Dagenham no I'd say Brentwood <laughs> was the closest we don't actually okay. have a London team. but oh, um, no, no posh in Brentwood. No, no London team? No, I don't, don't think we do, no. This is, this is my calling, Alice. This yeah. is my calling. This yeah, is my turn. Yeah, set one up. <laughs> yeah, like, we, yeah. we always could do with some more teams. We're going to start a petition. Let's get a London team down there. Yeah, I think that would like, be a good idea. It just sounds so awesome, Alice, and it sounds so much yeah, so, fun. And you get to travel as well. That's yeah, amazing. So the, yeah, at Switzerland, we did three races. And I was born in Switzerland. No, you weren't. I was. I was born in Switzerland. I was. I, I was born in. Joking. I was born in Geneva. Oh yeah, we flew into Geneva. Christelle's been all over the world. She's got like all of these, <laughs> all of these amazing experiences. Alex, I can't believe you didn't invite me. <laughs> and, yeah, so we went there. And, well, it was well only athletes could go in the athletes bit. I'm an athlete. <laughs> you're, you're not a special. You're not. You have to have your registered Sam. What's your Special Olympics number? Where you decide all the stuff. But um, yeah. So then in Switzerland, it was brilliant. I met. One of who's now one of my main friends who's an autistic girl. And I never, because at my school there wasn't many girls. Because mm-hmm. and so I never really met any autistic girls. All my friends have been autistic boys, because none of, yeah, and um, that I was, was gonna ask you about that, Alice, about autistic the mm. whole, you know, because we've had uh, guests on in the past. I was gonna ask you how when you speak to general public or when you meet new people and you say you're an autistic woman, you're an autistic girl, how is do you get 
those stereotypes. Oh, oh my yes. goodness. Yes, yes I um, do because I always find it one way or another. Like, I still find it very difficult to work out outside because, like, yeah, because when I'm saying autistic, I get one or other reaction. One, also because with my speech, like, a lot of the time people think, because uh, my speech isn't very clear, they think I'm a lot more needier than I actually am. So, like, I probably say I'm autistic and they, yeah, they just treat me like, like I'm really needy and stuff. Or I get the other response where I'm saying autistic and they just, sort of like, and that's the response I really get at college and stuff is they just don't understand. Mm. And, like, they just, no accommodations or nothing. When I'm very much the middle ground and a lot of people are. And I think, well, also those people it's like yeah because i think where do i fit because technically i've been diagnosed with both autism and asperger's and like yeah i'll say more like that but all the girls i met don't have learning difficulties and i do yeah. but then i'm not your classic learning difficulties i'm sort of i've always been described as having a very spiky profile and so it's harder to meet other people like yeah with but like like um yeah for me even though I've been surrounded by loads of autistic people, it's brilliant. And all my friends, apart from one, happen to be autistic. And yeah. um, some of them who aren't diagnosed, I'm pretty sure they are autistic. But that's <laughs> obviously a controversial subject. Reading books about autistic girls and reading about it, that's why I really got into it and joining Ambition About Autism because it's, yeah, just that feeling of belonging and connecting. So, yeah, the Special Olympics, yeah, but that was great. That was probably one of the highlights. Then the other highlights, yeah, what I'd just put in there is that I got a... Um, gold medal in the super giant slalom Get out of and here. then i got i then i got a silver in the slalom and i got a silver in the giant slalom and my friend who was in my who we were competing of me and the two others in my category paid good friends we were rivals on the slope but not out of it and i'm looking to go into the um to learn parallel because i really want to do the slalom properly and i'm getting quite frustrated with slow mm. parallel but to learn parallel and go to the advanced category and then so then i could give my friend a challenge because she's winning all the races a minute and getting a bit bored so i want to give her some competition so really we are in the presence of a superstar on the shelf she didn't well, tell us gold uh, and silver and she's got to beat her friend like that is yeah. the rules you yeah, know my yeah. my aim at school i mean it wasn't much competition with christelle because i was always better <laughs> everything that's actually a big lie if it comes to running if it comes to running absolutely hands down like i'm crap at running high jump can you not swear on my podcast high jump <laughs> high jump no i was i beat everyone do you know um, why no alice goes, no let's talk to goes, alice about why throwing, christelle, throwing, christelle wins at I high jump because everyone. christelle is six foot two that is why. <laughs> I'm not six foot yeah, two. I just had great advantage. technique. <laughs> Honestly, how tall are you? Six foot. You are six foot. I'm, I'm tall. tall. I don't feel I'm five eleven. I'm actually five <laughs> eleven, and I won at a lot of other things. You know, like but Michelle couldn't. She was good at running and swimming. Thank you. Yeah, I was good at everything. Else. National I standard swimmer, actually, I, Alice. I was, I was in the back. Good at the bleep test. Oh, bleep test. Oh me. yeah, I did that. I quite liked that. Are you yeah. See, I was, see, Alice I is competitive, so she would have yeah, definitely yeah, go for that. Like that. No, I, yeah. I was tapped out at level noise. six. Yeah, it's it's the it's all in the mind. With the, I tapped out at level six. Test. You know they used to say if you if you don't get to a certain level, then you have to start again. So I made sure, yeah, that I got, I got to like 6.1. And I was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I was still going until I remember the one year I sure? actually just she, dropped to the floor. And I, I, like, kept going. I, I think you used to get to like 11. 13. Yeah, she used to keep going. You I still remember the number. 
Mm-hmm. Me and Christelle took our sport very seriously, and it's just like yeah, you. It sounds like <laughs> it, yeah. And but we, I wish I, I wish I was good at running. I just never have been. Okay, so and where can we find you, Alice, if we want to follow you and your? Because I think you're gonna be you're gonna be in the next your next Olympics. You're gonna be bringing it home. Well, there's the World Games. The next one is um in Russia. I haven't been chosen for that one, but I'm hoping to do one at one point. But yeah, World. so I'm on um. Instagram, which is um Alice Willems um 88. And um on that I mainly share ski stuff. Then my other one is Twitter, what's more some stuff, what's um just Alice Willems, and then also another just one other link I would give is if you want to find anything about also that is I'd say ambitious about autism because I really recently joined them and I think they capture autism the best like at all levels and everything they have schools they do a lot for employment and um, of a range of people who've been to university all sorts different stuff and so they do this thing what really helped me and others understand autism what I'd recommend anybody who's autistic to listen to and that's make sense of your autism diagnosis and I there's people from when they've diagnosed from two all the way up to 23 and wow. then on that, I've also done, I'm in the youth network and I'm part of their new three year strategy. What's um, standing with autistic children, young people. And I did a case study about going to a special school, what's on their blog. And I also did a blog about the Special Olympics, what's also on there. And I'd say oh, check that website out. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Alice. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on the podcast this week. And uh, we wish you all the very best of luck. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.